Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. John chapter number 1 and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who art thou and he confessed and denied not but confessed I am not the Christ and they asked him what then art thou Elias or, or Elijah and he said I am not art thou that prophet and he answered no then, say that, then said they unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? Now let me stop here and say this for just a moment. There's a whole lot of people in so-called ministry, but that's a very dangerous question to ask them. What thinkest thou of thyself? They, they might not have five minutes that they'll tell you about Jesus, but they've got all kinds of time to tell you about themselves. Amen. John wasn't that kind, though. Amen. That was free this morning. Just, just trying to get that off of me. Amen. Verse 23. I hope, I hope that in my life and my ministry, I have much more to tell you about Jesus. Than I do. Verse 23. The Bible says, He said, They asked him, What sayest thou of thyself? And I'm thankful for what he said about himself. He said, verse 23, I am the voice of what? Crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they said, and, excuse me, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latched I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. Verse 29 is the verse that we want to spend today in. The Bible says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou seest the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. 
let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I bow in your presence. So thankful, Lord, that you'd even let me pray. Lord, I realize who I am and how I am. And I realize, Lord, that prayer is nothing but the grace and mercy of a loving God who can see past our sinfulness. And Lord God, somehow through it all, see what Jesus has done for us and in us. Thank you, Lord, for this precious posture in which you allow us to enter into in this sacred, Lord, this sacred moment that you allow us to talk to our God. Father, I pray for the next few moments that you forgive me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, and use me for your glory. Help me, dear God, I beg, to be a blessing. Help me to say nothing, Lord, that you wouldn't have to be said and only say the things that you'd have to be said. I pray that you'd help me not to be sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, but I pray, dear God, that you would fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. And Lord God, you'd set a watch over my mouth. And Lord God, you'd speak through me and help me to say the things that you'd have to be said to this congregation. Lord, you know I love being at this church. Lord, I'm not here to hurt anybody. Lord, I just, I just for a few moments want to lift up Jesus. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help me to do that the best that I can in a, in a body of flesh. Lord, in a body that has physical limitations. Lord, I, I don't have a glorified body yet to lift you up and to exalt your name and to praise you. Lord, God, the way that I want to, and God, I look forward to a day, God, where you'll give us all perfect bodies to where we can worship you truly in a way that you deserve. But, Father, for these next few moments, I pray that you take the word of God, lift it up off the page, help us to understand what you're saying and plant it in our hearts. And, Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to be more faithful in our walk with you. Lord, those of us that are saved, I pray, dear God, if there's one here this morning that's not saved, I pray, dear God, that they would be born again before they leave this place today. Heavenly Father, I pray, dear God, that you would do such a mighty work in our hearts and in our lives. I pray, God, the sinners would be saved. The backslid would get right. The saints of God would be encouraged, strengthened, and fed. And, Father, we just we trust you to... Do what only you can do and that we leave the results of this service into your hands. And God, we just pray that you would show up and show out in your house. This is your house. This is your message. And Lord God, I'm your servant. Use me as you see fit. And Father, we'll thank you, Lord, for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have to forgive me this morning. I try... I know I stuttered through the reading because it's real hard to read through eyes that are filled with tears. Amen. And uh, it may be hard at times to preach the message that God has given me for that reason. But I hope something that's said is an encouragement and a help to you this morning. This morning I want to begin by simply talking about, and, and if we get just this far, that's okay. But I want to begin to talk about the scene in which we arrive to in our text. When we come to John chapter number 1, we come to a passage in God's Word that is written by the Apostle John. And is, this is the same Apostle John that uh, was known in God's Word as the disciple whom Jesus loved. 
Uh, he is the writer of this gospel, so therefore we call him the gospel writer. He is, a, he is one of the gospel writers in the New Testament. Uh, he is one of the sons of thunder, one of the pillars of the early church. This is a man that toward the end of our Bible due to another book that God used him to write, writes the book of the Revelation. And so, therefore, we also have had him uh, throughout church history coined as the Revelator. Here we find the words of a man that is so intricately important uh, in the Word of God to our understanding of Jesus' ministry. Uh, but it is not this John that we will focus on this morning because it is the Apostle John that we find uh, giving us a historical narrative about another man by the name of John that uh, has uh, been known in the Scriptures and popular, popularly among Christians who, uh, uh, Christians who have conversed about him as John the Baptist. Here we find that there is a story, a historical narrative being told to those of us who are reading these words, a story that is not made up or fictional uh, as some of the humanistic Bible deniers of our day uh, would have for us to believe that these are nothing more uh, than all of the Word of God is nothing more uh, than fairy tales and fictitious tales. But I'm telling you this morning, when I say this is a historical narrative, yes, it took place in history. But do not ever forget that when you hold a copy of the King James Bible in your hand, you are holding the very words of God. This is a story that uh, comes, a scene, a, a scenario that has come across the pages, not of an earthly book, but of God's Word to this world of John the Apostle speaking about another John. And it gives us the history of something uh, that has taken place in John's life. This is a history. I remind you this morning that the Word of God as is as much a book of history as it is a book of religious notions. It is a history book as much as it is a book of faith. God here is telling us about an event uh, through John's pen as he led John to record, uh, John the Apostle, to record, uh, record this event that took place in the life of another John as we've stated by the name of John the Baptist. This really happened, and it is not something made up. This historical narrative that is being shared is telling us about a man, as we've stated, by the name of John the Baptist. We find here uh, that in this passage of Scripture, this uh, narrative here in our passage details for us, number one, a moment in John the Baptist's life, and number two, it details for us a message in John the Baptist's life as well that I believe is worth noting for this morning. The moment that is narrated for us in this text by the Holy Ghost-inspired pen is one in which the Jews, the religious leadership of uh, the Jewish nation, have sent uh, priests and Levites, they have sent those uh, that were the servants in the Jewish religion uh, to ask John the Baptist concerning who he was and who it was that has given him the authority to do what he is doing, namely to baptize people as they repent of their sins. The Jews do not like. We read the verses together. I'm summarizing what we've read because I'm interested in verse number 29, not the entire chapter here. But these 
These religious leaders are not interested. They're, 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 they're not happy. Uh, they are not excited about the fact that John is developing a following and John is doing a ministry that has not been sanctioned by the Jewish leadership. Uh, they did not send him as their ambassador into the streets, but John has received a calling that is much higher uh, than the, the uh, than the synods of the of Ju the Jewish synagogues. Uh, his high, his calling has come from much higher than among their ranks. He has been called by. God, John uh, chapter number 1 and verse number 6 tells us there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not sent by the Jews. He was sent by God. And he was doing what God told him to do. And by doing so, God was using him in a mighty way because he had been faithful and because he had been obedient. A man to do what God had called him to do. And God's using him in a mighty way. Great crowds are coming to the sites of his baptisms and to hang on every word that John had to say. Believe it or not, as you read these verses, as they ask him in verse number 19, Who art thou? As they ask him, What then? Art thou Elias? Art thou that prophet? They ask him, Art thou Christ? He says no to all of those. It seems as if John is being used by God in such a way that even these these Jewish religious leaders have themselves looked at his ministry and been fairly impressed by what they saw. These are men who have known the law of God. They've known the Old Testament scriptures as we call them today. They knew the writings of the prophets, much of the word of God. They had to have committed to memory to be able to stand in the position that they stood in. And they looked at him and they mentioned Christ the Messiah. They mentioned Elias, Elijah the prophet. Amen. And they mentioned that prophet. Amen. They mentioned those. And while they mentioned those specific Specifically, it's because there are prophecies in the Old Testament that said that there is a coming Messiah who is going to rescue all of us. Malachi says that there will be one that will come as Elijah the prophet sent back uh, to the earth. And they wanted to know, art thou the Messiah that's coming? Well, no, I'm not the Messiah. Well, are you Elijah come back uh, to the nation of Israel? No, I'm not him. Are you that prophet then? Uh, no, I'm not him. They are looking at him as if he is God's. Listen to me now. I'm talking about them being, I'm talking about them being impressed by what he's doing. They're looking at him and asking him if he is God's fulfilled prophecies in their life. They're looking at him and he has been, they have been impressed by John. John, in a very honest way, and I, I praise God for his honesty, says, no, I am not Christ. I am not Elijah returned. I am not that prophet son have different opinions on that. Many Bible commentators believe they're talking about Isaiah or Jeremiah or someone like that. John claims to not be any of those. Imagine this scene here. And this is part of what I want us to understand this morning. It's bigger. This is bigger than we just simply read through and blow through these verses. We'll get, if I can use this way and don't take me wrong, 
There are some verses that strike a chord more than others. Not that they're better than others. We're going to get to the one that will strike us the most here in just a minute, Lord willing. But I want us to understand the bigger scene that is unfolding for us here. In this moment, the Jews for thousands of years have been waiting on a Messiah. They look at John's ministry and they say, we believe he could be it. Brother James, all John would have had to do is say yes. And he could have had men falling at his feet, worshiping him. They would have done anything that he said. Brother Brandon had been the fast track to a glorious life in the nation of Israel. I mean, John is a man. John the Baptist is a man. We all know. We know. Uh, we know the Bible, or at least uh, most of you, I believe, would know the Bible well enough to know this is the wild man in the wilderness. He's lived his entire life wearing coats of skin for clothes and uh, amen, eating honey and wild, uh, eating wild honey and locusts. This is a man uh, that at the very least has not lived in luxury. All he had to do was instead of being honest, all he had to do was just say yes. They would have given him everything. Here we find a man that I believe <laughs> has some character qualities that we all, and again, this is not the message, but he has character qualities that all of those who claim the name of Christ should strive to be. He was honest if he was anything. He said, I'm not him. He couldn't even claim to be him. They said, well, who are you? He said, I'm just a voice. Not him, but I am here on a mission for him. Amen. They're asking John, did you feel the prophecies of Christ's return? Are you Christ? No. Did you fulfill Malachi chapter number four? The prophecy there of being Elijah returned? No, I'm not Elijah. But when he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare. Either way, the Lord made his path straight. He was a fulfillment of prophecy. This was a man that God, Brother Tommy, God gave a word to an Old Testament prophet hundreds of years before this. And he told that prophet, he said, write it down, there's somebody coming. He gave it to Isaiah. He said, Isaiah, write it down. And in the mind of a sovereign God, he had John in mind. John lived his life knowing. And the text here says that it was not until he baptized Jesus that he even knew that Jesus was the Christ. He knew that God had commissioned him to be the voice of the Messiah and he was being faithful even until and even up to the point to where on that baptism he found out who the one that he was being a voice for even was. I'm telling you, this is another, this is a this is a side message within a message, but I'm telling you, I want to be a voice for God. Amen. I don't want to be an echo. An echo is a hollow sound that all it can do is reverberate what everybody else is saying. A voice, amen, amen, is different than an echo. It's not reverberating what others around us are saying, but it is declaring what is within. I want to be a voice in this lost world for God.
I hope you do as well. I don't want to be an echo. God said, I'm the, or John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as it is said in the prophet Isaiah, verse 23. Here we find a man that has been honest. He could have had anything that he'd ever wanted just by saying yes. But here we find that John, when asked who he is and who gave him the authority to do what he did in baptizing people, amen, he told them, I'm on a mission from God. I am his voice. I'm doing what he told me to do. Uh, amen. We see John here in the passage doing things that God had allowed and had called him to do and created him to do. John is a very important person in the Word of God. Let me say this about John the Baptist. Let me first of all say something about the man here that is preaching in our text. Notice we find that John here has been uh, preaching Christ and he is preaching Christ or else he would not be able to say that I am the voice. John's been using his voice. John's been preaching with his voice. John has been telling people, uh, amen, that there is a Messiah coming and I am here to prepare you for him to make straight his path. Amen. To prepare in the desert a highway for our God as it stated in, amen, in Isaiah. He said, I'm making it real plain. I'm making the path for him clear. My pastor said it, said it this way. Preaching on John the Baptist one time, he said that John was a Baptist bulldozer. He knocked down everything else that was in the way so that when Jesus came, he would be able to do what he was to do and everything had already been laid down. John preached. John prepared the nation of Israel. He prepared them in that day to where if they would have accepted Jesus as their Messiah, they could have. I don't have time to preach this, but I'll state this and move on. That prophecy of Elijah out of Malachi chapter number 4. Let me read it just, let me read it for, to you. Uh, let me just read it to you. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. The Bible says this. <coughs> the Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's what God said through his prophet. Behold, I will send you. God said, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Matthew chapter number 17, verse number 11 through 13. Jesus said that that prophecy was fulfilled in John. That means, now you can view it however you want to. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You can choose to be wrong if you want. Amen. Amen. <laughs> When he said, Elijah the prophet comes before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And then he said in Matthew chapter number 17 that that, that fulfillment of that prophecy, Elijah being with them was fulfilled. In John, Jesus was saying that the great and dreadful day of the Lord could have come right now if you would have received it. He was preparing Israel to accept Jesus as their Messiah. He was preaching a baptism of repentance. He was preaching to them the, the message of the Messiah. And they could have received him if they chose to. They denied him. God knew it in his sovereignty. And then, of course, everything unfolds the way that it did. But John is a very important part 
of our understanding of the story of our Savior. The Bible tells us that in the Old Testament, as I mentioned in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that Israel was told over 700 years before this moment that God was coming and that there would be a man appointed by God to be the one to prepare Israel for his arrival. This man was John the Baptist. He is found in our text that we've read this morning doing the work of the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true Messiah. The Bible, however, does not speak of John, does not speak of, uh, only speak of John the Baptist as the Lord's forerunner. That's not the only thing it says. I mentioned to you Malachi 4 5 about the whole, I send you a light of the prophet for the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, about how that was fulfilled in Matthew 17 11. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 15 says, For he shall be great, speaking about John and his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And notice this now, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. John had something. Now, I'm telling you, I have, uh, Brother Lewis was talking to me just a minute ago about me going to the conference, and he said, Preacher, if you get any smarter by going to these conferences, we may not be able to handle uh, everything you said. I'm not claiming to be smart. I never do, never will. I do appreciate that, though, brother. It makes me feel good. But I don't claim to be smart. Don't, Brother Tommy, Brother Charlie, don't ask me to explain Luke 1.15 how that works in detail. I can tell you that it's true because God put it in the book, but don't tell me how that works. Or don't ask me to tell you how it works. Had to be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. I'll tell you this. I believe that that particular characteristic can only apply to John. I believe God let, God let John have that because... Number one, of the purpose that he had for John being the Lord's forerunner. And then number two, to complete the Christmas story. Because part of the Christmas story, Luke chapter number one. Christmas story doesn't start in Luke chapter number two. It starts back in Luke chapter number one. Elizabeth and Mary meet. And the Bible said that Elizabeth said, The babe leaped in my womb for joy. Amen. Don't you tell me. I'm telling you, I'm so full this morning, I doubt I'll preach anything. Amen. I'll preach all over the place and I know what I'm preaching. Don't you tell me, this is shotgun preaching. I hope it helps. Amen. It's going everywhere. But don't y'all tell me that the Pentecostals were the first ones that ever had a shout. I'm telling you, I saw something this week that almost made, Brother Lewis almost made me puke. A man, y'all probably know who I'm talking about if you pay attention. Brother Tommy, I know you know who I'm talking about because you listen to some of the same people I do. <laughs> a man that was published in this. We spend church money on these sort of the lords and hopefully you'll grab them and you'll read them and you'll pass them out to somebody. We've got plenty. we got enough to wallpaper the church so y'all help us give them out. Amen. <laughs> Would y'all agree? Somebody written in this sort of Lord is probably somebody that what they say. We, we're not going to agree with everything everybody says, but when it, come, when it comes to basic doctrines, we can take to the bank with their teaching is going to be okay. We wouldn't put it in the church if that wasn't the case. 
This week there was a man who years ago was published in the Sword of the Lord and they, they, they sold his books even to a couple of years ago. Wrote a book against the charismatic movement. So-called independent fundamental Baptist preacher. I'm talking about our kind, King James. I'm talking about everything right down the line. Fifteen years ago he could have preached in this church and it would have been no problem. Brother Tommy, not only did he start from this as an evangelist, he started his own church. He originally named it Baptist, changed the name of it to Bible Church, and then started, then started changing his music. And this week, in a tent meeting at their church, he stood up in the pulpit and he said that they were going to cast out devils and he said that he's going to stand there and they were going to speak in tongues. He was published in the sword of the Lord. The man, the man got up. He had Pentecostals preaching in his meeting. I'm convinced they were. Talking about being slain in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Talking about having a gift of deliverance for casting out demons. Talking about if you have a, if you have a spirit spouse which is a shamanism thing. It is borderline witchcraft. He said we'll take care of that in this service. The man says he speaks to demons, and demons tell him about his congregation. Brother Lewis, he was published in the soul of the Lord. The guy in his tent meeting said, said that we're doing things that Baptists wouldn't want us to do because he's supposed to be a Baptist. He said, well, now they're under the tent. He said, well, all of y'all now are Pentecostal. That's what he said. You'll never convince me that crowd was the ones we got our shout from. You'll never convince me that crowd was the one we got our worship from. John the Baptist in Luke chapter number one was a shouting Baptist from his mother's womb. And by the way, he didn't have to be pumped or primed to worship. He didn't have to have some preacher or some singer get up in the church and try to stir you into an emotional tizzy to whisper amen and maybe put a hand up. He didn't, didn't have to put us into a state of absolute, uh, 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 absolute chaos for us to be willing to be mostly stirred enough to worship God. John worshiped God just because he came in his presence. He was a baby and had enough sense that when God comes in the room, you rejoice. I don't know, Brother Dean, I don't know of a lot of adults that have that kind of sense. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. I can't say that. You can't say that. John was given an early start into the spirit-filled life. There's never been a day that he didn't worship. It is amazing to me. John, as you know, was Jesus' physical cousin. He lived a life with him as a close relative and did not know Jesus was the Messiah until his baptism. That's what the text says. John said it out of his own mouth until the spirit came on and descended as a dove and the one that had sent him to be the forerunner of the Lord said that's the one I've sent you to talk about. Hey, it's not part of the message 
he was preaching. He didn't know who he was preaching about. He just knew the Messiah was coming, and God told him to talk about the Messiah. He had lived with he had, he had lived around the one who was the Messiah and was completely blinded to it, but was obedient anyway. Some people think for them to serve God and follow God, they've got to know everything that the Bible says about anything and be absolutely perfect in everything God ever said before they can start serving God. John started being a voice of one crying in the wilderness. He was the one making pathway for the Messiah. He didn't even know who the Messiah was. Yeah, that's right. Amen. I'm telling you, yes. you can serve God. Amen. John the Baptist was a man that served God even, even, when, even when his understanding of things at times was cloudy. He still worshipped God anyway. He worshipped God in the womb even though he didn't lay eyes on the one he was worshipping. He was in the womb and, she went, and Jesus was in the womb. They never saw each other, but, but John worshipped because he could tell God is in the midst. This is a unique man. Notice what the Bible says about it. Now, if that's not if that's not big enough, filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb, you think about what Jesus had to say about him in John eleven eleven. Now I remind you, this is not the newspaper of the day. It's not. What, what's the newspaper around here? I don't even get a newspaper. The only newspaper I get is the Lord. The, what, the Chronicle, the State. I about said Herald Journal. That's from Spartanburg County. <laughs> Amen. It's the last time I got a regular newspaper. It's not one of those. It's not, it's not, it's not USA Today. It's not CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. None of those. This is the, this is the news report that Jesus gave about John. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Jesus said, John is the best that has ever been born. That is the man that this text centers on. That is the man that John the Apostle has been given the task by the Holy Ghost to write to us about. This is a special person. Bible says here in this passage that it is John that they came to see. It is John that they came to speak to. It is John that they asked, are you the fulfillment of prophecy? John was so humble that he was able to tell them he was God's answer to prophecy and not be proud about it. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He quoted scripture and he knew the scripture was about himself. When was the last time God wrote a scripture about you? I can tell you why God didn't write a scripture about me and why God didn't write a scripture about you. It's because if he wrote, I'm telling my name's in the Bible, but it wasn't about me. This is how we are. If we got our name in the book, we would be so proud nobody could talk to us about anything. We'd probably never come to church. We'd probably never read the Bible. Why do I need to read the Bible? I'm in it. John moves in the Bible but was humble enough to say I'm just his servant that, that is who this text centers around this morning we see the man that was preaching he was the real deal 
He wasn't a swindler. He wasn't a money grabber. He wasn't a glory seeker. He wasn't in it for the income. He was in it for the outcome. And he was in it for the one that had called him to serve. He was truly a man sent from God by the name of John. He was God's man that was sent by God to accomplish his purpose and his plan. He was there and he is today through the pages of the Bible, Word of God, the King James Bible, a very important and vital messenger for God. We find God's messenger. He's the man that was preaching, but then the message that was proclaimed. And it will be done for this part this morning. When we examine the text today, what we find is that there is a message there is that is being proclaimed. And if you study John's life, both here and in any other verse in the Scriptures, that tell us about who John is and what John did and things that John said, John had one message. It was the message of Jesus. There's no more important message to preach. Spurgeon said this. He told his ministerial students, he said, he said, boys, you take a text anywhere in the Word of God you want to, and as soon as you get in that text, you make a beeline to Calvary. It's all about Jesus. If I tell you how to have five steps to a better today, and I don't, means in Jesus, I've missed the point. And that's what all these modern crowds doing. They're telling you everything, all the psychological uh, hoopla and babble that they can, and they're not pointing you to Jesus. All I want to do today is just point us to Jesus. We talked about John this morning. John was one that pointed to Jesus. His purpose as a forerunner was to proclaim Jesus. He was to prepare a people for Jesus. He preached that people needed to repent because Jesus was coming. The Messiah was coming. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 22. He said, repent for the kingdom of God's at hand. Kingdom of heaven's at hand. Here in the text before us, in the midst of this barn crowd, John preached Jesus to a crowd that was filled with the upper crust of religious society, wanting to capitalize on his ministry, as well as to common people who had come with a repentant heart and wanted John to baptize them as a token of the repentance that had taken place in their heart and in their life. As John preached Jesus, we see in verse 23, or excuse me, 26 and 27, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who's coming after, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch and I'm not worthy to unloose. He preaches uh, to them Jesus. And then uh, the very next day, crowds are gathering uh, to hear what he may say unto them again. And he presents to them again. Jesus. He preached to him yesterday. He gave him Jesus. He preached to him the next day and he gave him Jesus. In the first day that he presented them, they presented Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ, as everything that John was not. He said, you him? No. He names those things. I'm none of those things. But there's one coming after me. I'm his forerunner. He's preferred before me because he was before me. He's God. He's before everybody. And he's the one that's coming. And he's among you now, the Bible says. This day, he says, he's the promised Messiah. But here's where we'll pick up tonight. In verse number 29, the very next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The 
first day presented him as Christ, as the Messiah. The second day he presents him as the Lamb of God. Language that would have been very familiar to this Jewish crowd. They understood sacrifices. In the Jewish temple there were sacrifices that were sacrificed every single day. They were familiar with lambs being shed. There was that one great sacrifice that would be offered once a year for the sins of the nation of Israel. They were familiar with a lamb and what a lamb was for. A lamb was to be sacrificed. A lamb was to bring man and God together. The blood of that innocent lamb was to bring man and God together. That is who John says Jesus is. I'm telling you this morning, I'm thankful. That Jesus was who he said he was. He was the fulfillment of the word of God. He was Christ the Messiah. He is everything that he claimed to be and much, much more. He is everything that I'm not. He's everything that John was not. And tonight I'll say this. I'm thankful. That as John illuminates to us who Jesus is, he is the Lamb of God which taken away the sin of the world. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.